You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, hello again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, April 26th. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. As usual, I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and as usual, joining us is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Uh, actually read a headline suggesting that gold might be up this week, so maybe maybe we can hold it together here. But even if it goes up, it's going up like 0.1% or 0.2%, so... But it's better than going down. Oh, you got that right, my friend. We'll take a green candle on the chart over a red candle any day. And uh, hey, before we get started, I got a little time-sensitive information for everybody out there. We have a flash sale going on at Sprott Money today. You can buy a Royal Canadian Mint Gold Bar at just 40 bucks U.S. over spot. And the Sprott Silver Bars at $0.89 cents U.S. over spot. It's a flash sale. It's a limited time offer, and the sale ends at 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern, today, Friday, April 26th. So you got to move fast. Again, Royal Canadian Mint Gold Bar, just $39.99 over spot. You can go to SprottMoney.com and check it out, or you can just simply call us, 888-861-0775. And like you said, that gold price going up, Eric. Even in the face of today's news, where suddenly and magically the U.S. GDP is alleged to be growing at 3% here in the first quarter, the gold price yeah. is rallying. I guess maybe we're near a bottom. <laughs> well, I find it funny that, you know, car salesman week all quarter, house salesman week all quarter. I mean, we did get that surprise. Uh, I think it was a retail sales report for March, which came out of nowhere. Um but it's hard to imagine that it's actually growing at the 3.2, particularly with the trade wars and every other darn thing that's going on. And these companies that are coming out with, uh, you know, horrendous reports on, uh, on how their own business is going. So I tend not to believe it. It looks like the market's not believing it. Um, as you and I discussed, the bond market's rallying in the face of it. Gold is rallying in the face of it. So maybe people are getting wise to the uh, looking through the numbers. You know, and maybe people are going to get wise eventually to what goes on in the COMEX, too. It, it has been an interesting change in the internal structure. Another commitment of traders report coming this week. I know you've been watching that, too. Well, it's been it was incredible, the the change in positions last week. And, you know, you just sit back and wonder, how do they do this? You know, that they, they somehow engineer the big sell-off, and then they end up being the big buyer. And uh, I don't know how they do it. I mean, who's the guy on the other side here? You know, like how stupid must that guy be? But the positions are changing so dramatically. And I mean, my God, if we ever had a week this week like we had last week in terms of position changes between the uh, uh, the commercials and the technical funds, oh my God, we'd be so set up for a rally here. And um, and of course, there's lots of reasons to think there should be a rally because more and more and more people realize the, the looseness of various government and monetary policies here. So, and, uh, and of course, we're seeing a lot of central bank buying. I saw an article that someone was estimating the Bank of India will buy something like 47 tons this year. Of course, they really didn't buy any last year. So there's a new entrant in the market. That's a, a good piece of, uh, of uh, the total gold market. Uh, we had continual buying by Russia here. I think they bought something like 18 tons in the month of March. So, and, and you know, they used to buy about 10 tons a month. Now they think they stepped it up to, uh, you know, pushing 20 tons a month. So, uh, the COMEX is well positioned. 
the irresponsibility of governments on all fronts is becoming more and more apparent. And so I, I think the path forward for gold should be getting better here, but we got to deal with the COMEX first. And I think we, yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the just the general stock market being at new all-time highs now, Eric. Yeah. Bounced fully back yeah. from those lows on Christmas Eve. It's interesting that I've seen the statistics about all of the liquidity that's been created and floated by the central banks to make that happen. It's made the price of crude oil go up by 50% in four months from yeah. 44 to 66, but yet gold is flat. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when I look at the markets, and a market is made up of stocks. And I mean, I just can hardly believe that after you, we have a, every day we have a, somebody has a, a stink bomb comes out about their earnings. Like today it was Exxon, uh, Tesla a couple of days ago, Boeing, 3M yesterday. Uh, of course, Monsanto Bear is a nightmare. Deutsche Bank, the, uh, the merger not going through. I mean, it's, there's a litany of major companies and industries that aren't doing well. And yes, the market, I guess the one justification of the market going up, hey, we, everyone thinks that interest rates are going down and or negative. And of course, at negative interest rates, the value of assets is almost goes up infinitely right. <laughs> on a relative basis. So I, I presume that that's what's kind of holding things together. But I don't think the, the logic of uh, ne- lower and negative interest rates just doesn't cut it for me personally um i'd much rather own the the hard asset quite frankly yeah all part of that war on cash you and i have talked about for years right if you can eliminate physical cash give people no option to withdraw and hold their own money and it has to be held in the banking system then you can charge any negative interest rate that you'd want seems to be headed that way it's kind of bizarre isn't it? i mean i just i can't I, my head has a tough time getting around it you know you got a bill at the end of the year um for the interest you owe the bank, <laughs> right? For putting money for putting money in the bank. Oh boy, yeah, it's a little uh, little beyond my uh, mental capacity. That's where they say we're going, though. All right, my friend. I've actually had a couple of questions be sent in this week. Uh, so, as before, uh-huh. we wrap up with our usual discussion of some of the equities and what's going on in the shares. I just had a couple that were sent in. I want to run past you. One person asked. If you'd ever heard of a couple, a company named Max Resources, trades in Vancouver apparently. Uh, they have, yeah. a, I guess, a big discovery in Colombia that they think is a lot like Novo. So, with you not near knowledge of yeah. Novo, this thought person wanted to know if you knew anything about Max Resources. Well, I don't own it. I, I mean, I've sort of peripherally, peripherally looked at it. I think it's gold, platinum, or play. I'm not sure. One of the other metals. Um, and I haven't gone there yet. Uh, I gather there might be some basis for optimism, but I just haven't seen enough information that takes me there. And quite frankly, I'm not, I would hardly say I'm a student of it. I'm not a student of it, but it's sort of on my, my watch list. All right. Someone also asked about a company called Red Star Gold that uh, they said that perhaps you had owned in the past. And so this person bought some and then yeah. you had maybe sold some and, and just wondering uh, if you could provide any other color on that one. Sure. Well, I make a lot of investments in things that uh, I think have the opportunity to surprise and therefore go up multiples of times. And of course, lots of those, uh, they do surprise, but they surprise on the downside. Right. And and Red Star, obviously, in that category. I still own it. Every share I ever bought, I still own. 
And typically when you buy the kind of positions I buy, you don't get an opportunity to get out because once you start selling, everyone's kind of all over it. And right. um, so, no, I own it, uh, but it really hasn't come together like we might have imagined. Fair enough. All right, then finally, again, let's wrap like we usually do. It's been interesting to watch the shares this week. I tracked the GDX. I'm sure you do as well. And it came down within uh, pennies of its 200-day moving average. A whole bunch of support, though, near around 2050. So it looks like it's turning, which is maybe a good sign for the the sector as a whole, that maybe uh, you know indices like that have turned or, or bottomed. What are you looking at this week in yeah. terms of, uh, of some of your personal holdings and, and equities that you follow? Uh, of course, I, I focus on Kirkland a lot, even though I'm uh, resigning as chairman. That's effective on March 8th. Um, May 8th? And I, just by way of comparison, sorry, May 8th, yeah. Just by way of comparison, uh, like Nico, which is a very, very good company, reported their first quarter and they earned uh, 14 cents. And as you may recall, and the stock trades at $58 Canadian. And as you may recall, Kirkland earned, I think it was 51 or 52 um, normalized earnings uh, in their fourth quarter. And I hope that they do better this quarter because the price of gold was higher. Uh, so there's a huge difference between Kirkland trading at 42 and Agnico trading at 58. One guy earns 50 and one guy makes 14. So I'm kind of hoping that when the results, first quarter results come out, which I'm not aware of what they are, by the way, because they're kind of hands off here. Uh, but I kind of hope that the, the market will reassess the route of the values of, uh, Kirkland versus, uh, their peer group. Uh, the only other company I really should comment on is Wallbridge, simply because they reported some of the results from what they call the whole 52. And they basically said, you know, we have something that's 400 meters in strike length and go down to 500 meters and it's 200 meters thick. And uh, we can kind of put a grade on it, but 200 by 400 by 500 is 100 million uh, tons of material. And at one gram, you got 3 million ounces. At two grams, you got 7 million ounces or 6.6. And we're going to find out exactly how big this gets, but I would suggest that it's getting bigger faster. Uh, they say there's a 2.5 kilometer strike on it. We've only drilled 400 meters so far. So it could get six times bigger just on strike, let alone um, going deeper. I don't suspect that the width would get much better than all of these. It's pretty incredible being having that many shears in a in a 200 meter zone. So it looks pretty good. Uh, I've been a bit of a buyer this week, and the stock hit a new high. Well, it's it's come off uh, came off yesterday, uh, but I I think it has uh, a lot of promise. So uh, fingers crossed on that one. All right. Eric, let's just wrap with this because next week's going to be a really busy week. We've got the FOMC meeting that concludes on Wednesday with a press conference from Chairman Powell, and you know how those things usually go. And then we've got next Friday will be the next employment report already. So it's going to be a crazy week. A lot of folks are going to be talking about rate hikes, uh, that sort of thing. But as you noted, with the news this morning, the bond market's actually rallying. Two-year notes down to 228. And the 10-year note is under 250. So, you know, Fed hikes rates are going to invert the yield curve all the way out to 10 years, which I don't think they're going to do. Yeah. What do you What will you be watching next week, and uh, what do you suspect will happen? Sure. Well, I mean, it, it's funny talking about the data. So we had some data this week that the jobless claims rose 37,000 in a week. 
which is like, how do you believe that sort of stuff? I mean, we're, we're around, we're under 200,000, and all of a sudden they say there's an increase of 37,000. Like, I'm not believing it, okay? And uh, it's just the, the numbers are wrong. Um, like, it was like a, a bolt out of, the, out of the blue here that all of a sudden the, the jobless numbers were going up. So who, who knows what to trust here? I don't, do I trust GDP? No. Do I think that the jobless claims were really 37,000 a week? No, I certainly don't. And you get all these variances with uh, statistically adjusted numbers, and uh, it's it's hard to believe it all. And uh, so I've always just fallen back on okay, I know they're going to print all the money, I know the rates are crappy, uh, but we're going to win the day with gold. And of course, if yep. you can pick the right stocks in the area, you can end up um, doing very very well. So that's that's my game plan. Yep, physical gold and physical silver in the hand. Just about beats just about everything else. Hey, and before we everybody leaves uh, at the conclusion here of this podcast, please check out here on the Sprott Money page our Ask the Expert series. The expert here this month in April was Josh Fair, who is the CEO of the Scottsdale Mint. He joined us to discuss the mergers and acquisitions in the mint industry and other current dynamics for the precious metals. I want to make sure you listen to this interview on SprottMoney.com. It's fantastic. Uh, and you can also find Scottsdale Mint products uh, here at SprottMoney.com as well. Eric, thank you so much for your time again today. It's always insightful to listen to you, and uh, I hope you have a great weekend. Hey, all the best to you too. Look forward to next week. And from all of us at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next Friday.